You're listening to Catalyst Talks, conversations with change agents, outliers, superheroes, and truly conscious leaders modeling what it is to be an unstoppable force for good and truth in this world. What lit these catalysts on fire to do their work and what nuggets of wisdom can they share with a world literally on fire? I'm your host, Stephanie Traeger. I'm a transformational catalyst and life coach to maverick change agents in business leadership and life. On this podcast, I wear an eclectic mix of hats, including earthkeeper, wayfinder, truth teller, coach, lawyer, business and impact strategist. My intention is holding space for higher purpose, peak wellness, soul mastery, and deeper impact so we can live in harmony with ourselves, each other, and nature. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. If you love it, please share and spread the word. We're on YouTube and all the podcast platforms. See the show notes on catalysttalks.com for links and enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Catalyst Talks. It's been more than a minute. This is Stephanie, and I am here today to talk about bringing spirit into business. This isn't about bringing sacred into business. This isn't about bringing your soul into business. This is about expanding business. And when I say business, I mean the institution in the institutional sense. So we'll break this down in this episode. But first, a word about where we have been, what's going on in Catalyst Talks world, what's going on in my world, and why did we take a pause since October 2023? It is now February 2024. And there has been a lot, a lot, a lot unfolding in this past, let's just say Earth quarter, almost an Earth quarter. And I want to give you an update. Thank you so much for those of you who've been with me on Catalyst Talks all these years and for being such a wonderful support. We feel you out there. The thing is that when you have a platform and you are in a pivot, the question you ask is, does the platform pivot as well? Or is it just me who's pivoting and my platform is my platform, so I show up for it? Well, I was planning to fold Catalyst Talks. We were planning to have a goodbye. This is the last episode. Catalyst Talks feels like it has run its course. And that was where I was in October after my the last episode. And I also knew that I had a lot of change on the horizon. I was then in November, had a beautiful trip to Bali where I was working with a client and uh, having my own evolutionary experience. And then that was shortly followed by leading the journey to Colombia, the expansion quest in Kogi land, Colombia with the Kogi people. And that was a very, let's just say evolutionary journey in itself as well. That was a lot to unpack and integrate when I got back from that trip. And then laying over this was an experience I had last year that redefined a lot for me. And so I'm going to unpack that in this episode for a very big reason. This isn't about me. This isn't the Stephanie show. This is because I know that when I speak about certain things that I've gone through in the context of the bigger theme, and today that theme is bringing spirit into business, into the institutions with which we not only work, but with which we engage that for the evolution of humanity and our future human potential. When I share some of the context in the context of my stories, people resonate with that and I get that feedback. And sometimes I refrain from that because I feel like, oh, this isn't about me. But you know what? This is about all of us. And I am so sometimes just it's the hologram, right? I am one part of the fractal having this experience and we're all experiencing what we're experiencing for the whole. So I'm going to share how my experience actually demonstrates that while we unpack this question of how do we bring spirit, what even is that, the mystery, the great 
mystery of our multidimensionality into business and the institutions with which we are working, creating, co-creating, and you know what? Participating. We're all participating to some extent. You drive a car, you're plugging in your electricity, you're not living off grid. We are all participating. So you're listening to this podcast, you're participating. So let us discuss all of that. And I welcome thoughts. I welcome questions. I welcome you to connect with me. Go to stephanietrager.com. You can go find out how to connect with me at the podcast as well. Catalysttalks.com. Let this be a dialogue. A few other thoughts before we dive deep into the topic for today. And that is really what is happening with Catalyst Talks. I have a big announcement. And the announcement is that this year, there I turned 50. I turned 50 in January of 2023. That was another big sort of happening and the evolutionary journey since October, since the last Catalyst Talks episode. And when you turn 50, this little thing happens a little, and, and it asks for some intention, which is about reflecting. You reflect and you project and you really think about, hmm, what now? And I'm overlaying an experience I had last year that really impacted me. And it caused me to question, what am I doing now? And what is the best use of my time for the greatest impact and the greatest pleasure because we get to have pleasure. We get to love what we're doing here. You know, we really get to do that. So I'm going to share all of the inner, well, not all, some of the inner journey that I've been on to come to a decision about what's next. So I know, because I know that this is going to land for, I know someone out there is experiencing the questioning themselves and questioning, like you're doing something because you should, or you might fear what other people think. So I'm going to share some of my fears that have been coming up or a let's say that I've been working through so that I can transcend and do what I really want to do. In other words, remember who I really am and do the work I'm really here to do. I was going to fold Catalyst Talks and just put the pause button on it, if not the stop button. And then a few things happened where I had a very huge aha about what it is instead. And so instead of closing the podcast down, going to be I'm so excited. We're relaunching. We're relaunching. We're not, we're going to just keep, I have a few episodes coming in the next little while here on Catalyst Talks, but come May, there is a rebrand and a whole new energy coming to this platform. And oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I, I wish I could tell you the name because it's just so awesome, but I'm going to pause on that and allow this baby to come to fruition. It is in gestation right now and in the in the sanctity of the divine cave and the womb of creation. So as we approach May, when we will be relaunching, going to be dropping some episodes still. And I, I really hope that this one, this one goes down in the books as something that impacts you or someone out there that really needs to hear what I'm going to share today. And what I share is really just, I know what, what a lot of people are experiencing right now. And so in this pivot, a lot is also unfolding in May. After May, we're going to be launching a whole lot of other things as well. And you'll have to stay tuned if you're curious. And if you're not on the email list, you can go to stephanietrager.com. A little thingy is going to pop up there and you can join us and you'll receive the newsletter, which I do not send very often. Sometimes I'll have a campaign going like we just had uh, a beautiful email transitioning into 2024. And then I pause and I'm not all into your inbox. However, I will be when we're launching this spring, summer. Oh my goodness. Very exciting things. 
So for now, if you are curious and you would like to explore how we could potentially work together now, I am still, I have one space open right now, actually, for one-on-one mentorship and coaching. Uh, We had a lot of people step into those deep, deep journeys uh, when I had my 50th birthday because I was holding a promotion. And if you would like to reach out and explore what options are available in terms of the journey we get to do together, you can do that. Also go to my website, stephanietrager.com. Okay, let's drop in. Mm, Wow. Remember who you really are and what you're really here to do. You know, ask yourself that question. Who am I really? And what am I really here to do? That's a very deep question. And sometimes actually on the podcast, I've started off with that with my guests and like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Can't we like date for a little while before we hop right into bed? But we go deep here. And remember who you really are and what you're really here to do. I've been sitting with that. And I've noticed that a lot of fear was coming up for me because when I came back from Colombia, we're diving in here and I'm going to be sharing a little bit about this piece around remembering who you really are, what you're really here to do. Uh, my experience in expanding into what I'm about to be launching into the stratosphere and also question of how we bring spirit into business and why am I thinking about that right now? So I just came, when we came back from Colombia, I had a very deep experience with the Kogi and the Kogi are uh, not more than 4,000 year old civilization and they are unbelievably connected to Mother Earth and the cosmos. And I'm, I be in their presence. I'm seeing them like they're like massaging the cranial like fluid of Mother Earth. They are on such a different level. When I say level, I mean dimension. They're operating in a very different place where they see and feel and are in deep communion with Mother Earth and nature and her cycles and her systems and water and all the elements and the cosmos. Yes, the cosmos, the stars, the sun, father, sun, grandmother, moon. They are in deep connection with the cosmos and they know their place in the universe and their very purpose for existing is to care for nature because they recognize they are nature. We are nature. So I came back from this journey and we're actually doing a fundraiser and I'm going to put the link to the fundraiser in the show notes. If you'd like to learn more, you can reach out to me because I'm going to put a general link in. We have a private link that I'm sharing with folks who are are interested. I'd like to connect with you. And the place that we are working with them to acquire some property, we call it repatriation. This is their original territory that was taken. And they escaped colonization and their lands were colonized. And now it's private property. And there wasn't such a thing back then, but this was their territory. And so repatriation is the act of of like giving back or we're buying back the land, their land. So we're going to raise money so that they can buy back a piece of their land. And it's very significant. It's a significant piece of land as well. And so when I came back from this journey after being in deep communion, and when I'm in the presence with the Kogi, and this was not my first time, when I'm in their presence, I am tapped into that that energy on a deeper level as well. It's called entrainment, right? They, They activate that within you. If it's already alive in you, it's activatable. And so when I came back, I realized actually while I was there, I heard that the UN announced that they are going to, Colombia had announced that they're going to be hosting the UN biodiversity conference in Colombia in 2024. Like what? Because that conference was actually happening while I was there. And we saw, I saw this while I was on a bus with a group of Kogi. We were traveling around to their sacred sites. 
and I saw that the, the UN Biodiversity Conference was happening in Colombia in 2024. And so I'm like, I've got to go there. This is a happening. So I, sh- I reached out to some contacts and we're working on something for the COP16, which is what the Biodiversity Conference is. And it brought up something in me because I've been coaching for years. I've had a coaching business, stephanietrager.com, all my programs, all the content, you know, all the, all the ways we could work together. And then I do impact consulting and advisory. And so that's where I'm working with businesses or organizations. It's more corporate, it's organizational nonprofit, and it's just different work, though it sometimes lends more to my subject matter expertise from all the years before I was coaching, which was I'm already doing my business. This business is in its 17th, 18th year. This is its 18th year. And all the while, I had this whole other life where I was doing environmental justice and human rights. And in law school, everything I wrote about in the law review and the international law journals, I was writing about human rights and a human right to a clean environment. And so the work was all about international treaties and declarations and all the conferences and, you know, 1987, the Brundtland Report. And that was where the word sustainability actually came into being in the UN as a thing. And this is where the kind of Agenda 21 came into play in 1992 when there was a meeting, a UN meeting in Rio in, in Brazil. And it was like each time there are these sort of epochs of UN, I say like things that come out of the UN, like via declaration between certain signatory countries that sign on to declarations, which doesn't, it's not international law, it's not binding, but they're declarations and they're informatory. And then there's treaties and treaties are not binding unless a country actually has regulations to enforce them. So you can be a signatory to a treaty, but it doesn't mean that you are actually enforcing it because you might not have the regulations in country for them. So it's been this like interesting journey to map international law and sustainability as it has now emerged in 2020 15 with the UN SDGs sustainable development goals. And so on one hand, it's like, okay, here's what's happening. On the other hand, as a multidimensional being with uh, always the lens on questioning who is doing this, what is this, and what is the bigger agenda? I started seeing in 2016 when I was doing sustainability consulting in corporations, because this was the time where it was like, okay, rubber meets the road, companies are starting to see the SDGs, the UN SDGs as a as an informatory tool, like a, a tool to figure out like if we're going to play with this, if we're not. And a lot of companies are waiting for regulation. They're waiting to see what happens, you know, the wait and see approach. Why am I giving you all this context? Because this is a huge area of my subject matter expertise. And so there's this part of me, and let's just say identity, an old identity. And this part of me that's like, oh, wait, Prop 16 is happening in Colombia and I'm connected to the Kogi and I'm connected to the this like energy in Colombia and and to what we were just doing there and we have to do something. Oh my God. <laughs> and so this part of me was activated. I've been working on this and seeing, you know, really seeing what's happening from this year in December, the what came out of this year, you know, and how sort of directives around biodiversity monetizing nature, let's just say like markets for biodiversity and which every time there is this wonderful breakthrough in consciousness around something that needs to be protected, conserved or healed or regenerated, it becomes a market and which is great, right? We'd rather have a market around doing good and around conservation 
and regeneration, this is part of systems change. We're changing the dynamics of business. We're changing finance. We're changing the system of business. And and then of course there's like the impact investing world and the you know ESG, which is more tradi- of a traditional approach, and the variations and I'd say the the grades of impact investing and the grades of impact when we talk about impact investing and sustainability, sustainable investing. There's so many interesting things that happen when something is mainstreamed and how it's watered down. And there's a part of me that says, well, that's great because this is how we're going to affect change. And there's a part of me that says, wait a minute, nature's not an asset class. We might call nature an asset class as a means to facilitate systems change for conservation, for regeneration. But we have to also step back and say, what are the unintended consequences? This is a a piece of the consulting work I'm doing right now around assessing unintended consequences, a due diligence process for doing that. Because like, look at AI. Like we might say, okay, the dangers of AI are real, but but now it's coming out that the awareness that, well, AI is going to require a butt ton of energy. And so that's like, how are we going to fuel? What energy source is going to fuel the AI revolution? And that is a question that I, I brought up like, I don't know, a year and a half ago. And I was just like the crazy person, you know? So it's a really big question around assessing the unintended consequences of every innovation, ethics in any innovation. And so part of what is important in this space and why I'm going to now inject the question around bringing spirit into business is biodiversity, for example. Biodiversity without looking at the intelligence you know, we're not just counting birds. We're not just counting, you know, spores and mycelium proliferation and, you know, soil and all of the important aspects that are critical for marine life and mountain life and, you know, earth life We're and air and all of the, the creatures from the two-legged, the four-legged, the winged, the creepy crawlers, all of the beings, the seen and the unseen need a voice. And the unseen is not usually having a table at the UN, COP, whatever's, right? The biodiversity conferences, the big COP climate shenanigans, like who's pulling these strings? We're still living in a linear world and applying a linear equation to solving world problems when really the world is only going to be inhabited by humans who are able to adapt and evolve if we are aware that there is multidimensional reality going on at all times. And to stay only in one 3D plane, one reality where it's we can see the thing so we can count the thing. We can see the thing so there's evidence of the thing. Then we are going to continue to stay stuck in a matrix. And so my system's changers I invite you to expand your aperture of perception. I invite you to take into account all of the incredible synapses in the invisible and how everything is connected on this planet. From the you know radiation coming off the cell phone tower, yes, that is affecting the birds, the frogs. Yes, it's invisible. Yes, there is electromagnetic frequencies in the environment that is negatively impacting humans. And there's also electromagnetic frequencies in the environment that is positively influencing us. My friend Susan Manowich, I will quote here, who is a 
master of, um, let's just say, tracking solar patterns, among many other things that she does here on her human walk, though always brings to my attention the power of the solar flares because she's always tracking them. And whoa, you know, like how if you were actually really in tune with the subtle energies of your neighbors, the subtle energies that are the invisible beings and the invisible energies that are in our field at all time times. And we're going to learn how does this affect us? We know how we're affected at night. We get tired. We go to sleep. We wake up. We know how we're affected if we sleep well. We know how we're affected if it's raining and the barometric pressure is high. We didn't know that before there was the discovery of whatever the barometric pressure was. And I say we, I mean like Western colonized mind because indigenous people, native people, you know, first nation people who were connected to earth, earth keepers, earth people knew because they were in touch with all of the energies. And so once we disconnected from that, once we really lost our connection to nature and to all of the invisible energies and all the multidimensional ways that we exist in this world, and we became just linear thinkers, and we became colonized and we, we locked into a calendar system, a global calendar system that is not relevant to some parts of the world. It is not relevant to the earth systems. I call the earth quarters, you know, the solstice to equinox, the equinox solstice, solar and lunar quarters, like the dry season in one country, the rainy season in another country, like the different celebrations of holidays that happen on those different places and regions. And we've lumped them all into one thing and it's not applicable. <laughs> and so we're just so out of whack and out of tune with nature and our natural rhythms that we've lost even contact with the subtle energies. So these subtle energies of how does the solar flare impact me when it's high, when in the Schumann resonance, which is a frequency that is measured, a measurable frequency that is like a ring around the planet. And there are different areas on the planet where the, where the frequency is higher and lower. And thinking about the ionosphere and how that's impacted by solar flares and different energies, other cosmic energies as well, and the ionosphere and how it's it's a different frequency in places that are heavily populated by ancient forests and high levels of biodiversity like the Amazon, like the unfettered Amazon. The equatorial belt at one time was a place of that had a different energy than, say, the measurement of the atmosphere or ionosphere over New York City or a highly populated, densely populated, highly electromagnified area. And now our entire planet is being affected by all of the satellites. And I mean, there's just so much noise and static and distortion. And so the question becomes, how do we come back into this connection? And not only with ourselves and understanding how these cycles are important for our, our own lives, but how they are so important for the next steps. So for considering biodiversity, you know, the Kogi, they're looking at the world and they say, I asked them the question of what is your vision for the future? I asked this question when I was there in 2018. And the answer was in five years, everything's going to change. And right now, 2024 is year number five, my friends. It is year number five. This is the year. Okay. And so a lot of people, a lot of prophecies are talking about like the last six months of this fifth year or before the last six months being between now and say June, it is a very important time for awakening and, and really activating these other dimensions so that we can infuse them into institutional thinking because the institutions, it's not that we need to, to infuse it institutional thinking, but it just so happens that institutions are having a big impact on this planet globally. And so the awakened leader, 
I'm not talking about conscious leadership anymore. That's so 1990. Talking about awakened leadership now, my friends. Awakened leadership is where we're really connecting all the dots. We're bringing in the multidimensionality. We're not afraid to talk about it. And we are giving the invisible a seat at the table. The frequencies, the invisible impacts, yes, the invisible impacts, say, of all of the electromagnification of this planet, the invisible impacts of not connecting dots, like what is causing the pandemic? Not like, oh, here's the solution, take a jab. It's what is causing it. And everyone looking at that and being responsible, we're all responsible. It's looking at the ancient intelligence that is a piece of diversity biodiversity. Humans are biodiversity, right? Not just indigenous people counted as the biodiversity class. No, not just that. One might say, this is a consultation question. You should be consulting indigenous people before you talk about it. No. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And this is not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ancient intelligence encoded in all of our DNA. We all have access to the wisdom that has been kept for so many thousands of years by the indigenous wisdom keepers. When we say wisdom keepers, they kept the wisdom, even with the persecution, without selling out, without the colonization, right? They, those who endured, who endured, right? To keep their ways, to, to keep their traditional ways, because it wasn't easy, because it was resisting. It was a resistance movement because there was so much genocide and so much colonization, just that word, colonization. So those who maintained the integrity of the wisdom and held it for the rest of the world, thank you, thank you, thank you. And now is the opportunity for us to realize that indigenous wisdom keepers, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are also all keepers of this wisdom in our ancient uh, intelligence, which is encoded in our DNA. Because our lineage from somewhere, some at some time, was from earth people. We were all earth people at some point. So it's in all of us. And it's now that we awaken this intelligence and we learn how to understand. The Kogi are working with the meridians of Mother Earth. The meridians, they have like, they see where they, they know the flows of the meridians from the sacred sites, from the water, that all the channels, you know, we might call that a watershed. They know the energy and they are working with the energies of Mother Earth. Mother Earth, just like you and me, we're all just fractals of this earth, right? Mother Earth also has, she's a living being and there are energy centers and there are lots of sacred sites on this planet that happen to hold the energy as energy centers. And then there are meridians all over this planet. And biodiversity ought to take into account the ancient intelligence that knows these things. So when I talk about infusing spirit, say, okay, why is it that a TED talk, you're not even allowed to talk about spirituality. You have to uncode it in or decode it into something that is allowable. But spiritual metaphysics is not allowed unless it's actually science-based. Why? Why are we all colluding with a platform that is the most like this disseminated platform for this informative ideas and talks that's not allowing any conversation around spirit? Like, what is that? So let's just decolonize the energy of spirit. And you can call it whatever you want. You know, it's not, some people say God, some people say spirit, some people say universe, and some people just refer to this energy as the great mystery. 
the great mystery that we don't know, but or the invisible, because there's so much more happening in the invisible. And some people will say the multidimensionality, right? That's just another way to look at it, that there are multiple dimensions. The 5D, fifth dimension is a place of spirit. It's a place of the soul. It's a place of magic, you know? And uh, that's the work we do in Soul Mastery, in my Soul Mastery program. And then there is very much many more dimensions after that. And if you've had any experiences, spiritual experiences, you are awake, you're aware to this. Yeah. And if you're not, you might be closed off and it might be, you know, oh, you put somebody in a category for talking about that. But it is a time right now, my friends, where we are being called to open the door to infuse spirituality. So I have some clients that um, where some of the work we're doing right now actually is around being in a very linear 3D, when I say 3D, I just mean like pretty corporate environment and everything has been done a certain way for a long time and and it's linear. And the question is, wait, we're doing all this work around dismantling our old identity as the programmed creator. How do we infuse the, you know, the quantum creator? How do I be in a place of higher purpose and infuse the energy of as a quantum creator with all of the tools that we've been working with of spirit and soul soul mastery and how do we bring this into our workplace and create the change we want to create do the work we're really here to do when the rubber meets the road then that's the question is well how is it done what will often be brought up in environments where we're not comfortable with holding our multidimensionality because it's a very 3d place that doesn't see us it can't see beyond what it sees in a linear way it becomes uncomfortable because we sometimes then shrink ourselves and we try to fit into the box. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing for a long time. I realize I've been doing that a lot for a long time. And that's why Catalyst Talks is even going to take a, a little bit of a, a remakeover, a remodel. <laughs> it's going through its higher purpose evolution right now. And that higher purpose evolution. So how do we do that and be that and also do the work we're really here to do in places that are in the old matrix, in the old program? Sometimes we reach a point where we realize, oh, this isn't where I belong. This isn't the work I'm really here to do. If it is the work we're really here to do or choosing to do right now, then the question is, well, how? And it's a beautiful, beautiful inquiry. And it starts by having courage, right? Courage to just drop in little like nuggets here and there. You know, you start to drop it in and be who you really are first not do anything differently there, but be, just be it first, be it a hundred percent first. And when you are being it a hundred percent first, then the how will start to show up in little, little pockets, in little ways. And then over time it becomes more and more because what happens is the more we hold the high frequency of that quantum potential, quantum potential, the more we hold that higher frequency of the truth, the uncolonized truth, or let's say decolonized truth of what is possible and real in any moment, in any place, space, time, time, space, reality. The more we hold that, we're holding a frequency and other people are going to start to feel that frequency and slowly over time or fast, it might be fast, there's a shift that happens and there's a curiosity and, and things start to change. So it's really about confidence. It's about the confidence of and mindfulness of how do you be the quantum creator in a programmed matrix without dropping into your old identity, building our muscles in each of these channels of being. And it's quite magical. Another question could be, how do we bring, let's just say to an institutional setting, how to bring more of the magic, more of spirit 
use code words, you know, there's people, you can even joke about it. Hey, the woo-woo, the woo-woo lady. I think that word is really played. I, th- I, I don't collude with that word anymore because it's a misunderstanding, right? It's, oh, you're woo-woo. <laughs> what is that? Other, that's othering. It's othering. We're all tapped into something more mysterious than just us here today, like in this body, having this listening experience right now. And so last year I had a snowboarding accident in April and I experienced a pretty severe concussion And I was experiencing the symptoms for a long time last year. From April to May, if you were listening to my podcasts back then, I was stuttering a lot. I was finding it very hard to be articulate. I had had a bunch of these calls already calendared and I was showing up the best I could and it took a toll. So by October, I was really just, I was tired. I was healing and I was coming out of it. Though I was very tired and that's part of why I paused the podcast then as well because I knew I had a bunch of travel. I went to Bali in November and then December, Colombia, and then my birthday was, my 50th birthday was in January and that was a big, big sort of turning point for me. And then I experienced a bit of a relapse in the symptoms in January. And so I've been working on that with an incredible healer, he's a chiropractor, a, a chiropractic neurologist who's got all of the frequency technologies and he's so awake and he so gets it. And I had this incredible like nasal release technique from one of his teachers yeah, who was there yesterday. We're doing it. She's doing a study. I'd love to get her on this podcast because ugh, concussions are highly misunderstood. And I have an episode that I produced a few years ago on post-concussion syndrome and my path to healing because so many people I know have concussions. And I had had a really intense two and a half year journey, 2010 to 2012, with a concussion that was such a spiritual healing in retrospect. And I wanted to share my learnings so that I can share that perspective and perception with others who are navigating that. And then I found myself in that place again last year and it brought up a lot. It's like, wow, what does this mean about me who talks about being the healer? And we are all here having a human experience. It doesn't mean we transcend all of the beingness of human and whatever it is that we're creating in our life is showing us something. And the question is, what's the medicine? And so I was deep in the medicine last year wow, was I deep in it and had an experience again. When you're experiencing concussion symptoms, there's a bit of your cognitive function as well as spiritual function. Your channels can can get, not do get, can get like closed down, shut down a little bit. And so it takes a lot more effort to show up, to speak, to be coherent, to form you know, to transmit the messages. So I was a little bit insecure around how I was able to show up. So in October, I also built a sauna. We built a sauna here and I hadn't been able to work out, which is a big part of my wellness, my peak wellness. And this sauna has been such a game changer, such a health, God, such a producer of my health and well-being. I'm so grateful. And it's also a place I go where there's quiet and I have had a lot of clarity drop in in there and processed a lot in there about what is being born in the spring and the summer of this year. I'm so excited. And so it also in that birthing had all of the, well, why haven't I, what have I been holding back for? And part of what came up and around was fear, a fear of being judged, straddling that fence all the time as that subject matter expert, you know, or that subject matter person, the impact strategist, the 
person who had that law degree, you know, and who was a lawyer in human rights and environmental justice and for many years wore that hat. And that was my passion and straddling that activist fence and straddling the, what I really want to be creating, you know, and what does that even mean? And what I really want to be creating, you will know soon. It's very exciting. So that has been a deep, deep portal of permission for me. And so in this moment, let's just ask ourselves where we can give ourselves permission to bring in spirit. When I say spirit, the great mystery, universe, God, bring in our spirituality as human beings here on earth, as spiritual beings. What does that mean? Spiritual means connection. It just means connection to source energy, whether it be source energy like air, connect to the air, connect to energies of um, where is air coming from, connect to the water, where's water coming from, connecting to all of the elements of earth, forests, where is all of this coming from, where's the intelligence coming from in the cosmos that is informing us of uh, and giving the instructions on how we evolve, what is your connection with source energy, what created you, yes, you know, sperm and fertility and but what created that how is the moon affecting your cycle how is the moon affecting you how is the sun affecting you what is the source of all of this connection is it just physics is it just you know we ended up with this, this microphone and you know this scarf and with these earrings and I, here i am sitting in front of you with a little ring light and and a camera talking to zoom like what created us what is source energy and why are we not creating space at the table in every single institution and every single decision we make about humanity and nature. Well, my friends, it's happening. It is happening. This is the future of humans. So the question becomes, what is yours to do about it? Who are you really? And what are you really here to do? I look forward to hearing from you. May this have landed, something in here have landed for you. There will be more. I'm going to have some really cool interviews lined up when we uh, do our little relaunch in May. Oh my gosh. The lineup is legit, yo. Okay, stay tuned. Hop on over to stephanietrager.com. Come on to the email list where we can communicate and stay in touch. And you can always hit reply. And I do read my emails. So yeah, come on over and let's play. There's lots of free resources on my website as well. And today I talked a lot about identity and quantum creator, higher purpose. And on at stephanietrager.com, you can find the Liberation Masterclass, which is a amazing masterclass, which it's like a workshop or you do play with where does this identity piece live in you and the program and how do you be that quantum creator and bring that into your world. So it really does speak to what we talked about here today. All right. Thank you so much for your attention. It means the world to me to explore this one space open I have for a one-on-one private client and a six or 12 month mentorship or coaching program. Please go over to stephanietrager.com and send me a note. I look forward to hearing from you and remember who you really are and what you're really here to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Catalyst Talks. Stay tuned for what's up next and please subscribe to our podcast and rate us wherever you listen. You'll find these all at catalysttalks.com. Join the conversation on social media. And if you'd like to reach out, please send me, Stephanie, a private message through stephanietraker.com. Your attention means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you.